Woodley on the beat. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode of the Million Dollar Convos Talk with the Hustle of J team. We have Jason, Dennis, and I'm Vayani. We have a special guest today. This man is a pioneer in motivation, business, and execution. This man's name is Jeffrey Azan. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's quite an introduction. I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> I think you will. I think you will. Um, Most definitely. Right. So for all, all the audiences on the local and international scene that don't quite know who Jeffrey Azan is, why don't you give us a comic book chapter one, page one introduction as to who you are? Who is Jeffrey Azan? Jeffrey Azan is a 32-year-old with an extensive background in martial arts and retail who back in 2013 decided to radically change his life and has gone on to teach and share with others what he learned on how to change one's life, how to unlock vision, how to achieve purpose and how to really make very small changes that can make a radical difference in not only your life, but the life of others. Right. That would be super short. That is, that is quite the introduction. <laughs> that is quite now, you know, a lot of people hear the name Azan, and mm -hmm. it is synonymous with success for most majority of the Jamaican populace. Now, the legacy of Amazon is quite a legacy to uphold. Mm -hmm. Were you at any point in time overwhelmed with the responsibility of upholding such a legacy? Actually, as a youth, I had a major problem with the name Azan. Right. Me and my dad actually got in a big argument about it one time, telling him I wish I had any name but Azan. Because right. what comes with Azan in most public situations in Jamaica is either an expectation or right. a tax. Right, 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 right. You know, people see and they expect, oh, you have it, so you must can give it to me, or you have the opportunity, so you must can share right. it with me. Right. And everybody who you meet, or not everybody, a lot of people who you meet who come to find out that you're a Zan, they try to draw the most roundabout connections. Oh, I know your uncle's sister's neighbor from back right. in country 30 right. years ago. How right. are they? People I've yep. never heard about. Um, so it became, as a young man, a child, it felt right. like eyes were on you. You felt very self-conscious, self-aware for what you were going through. But what it did for me internally, particularly when I began on my journey, is right. that it set a standard where I didn't want... I didn't want to just be a Mr. Azan, but I wanted right. people to, to know it was Jeffrey Azan right. that was right. making a difference. It was a, it was a bit of self-validation. You were trying to, in a sense, separate yourself from a legacy and create your own? That's exactly what it is. Uh, the, the, even the name Azan is unique to Jamaica because the family Azan comes from Lebanon. But the truth right. is there is no Azan family in Lebanon, as far as I know. There are right. two families. There is a Hazan with an H, 
and a right. kazan with a K, but there's no right. kazan, A-Z-A-N. And what okay. ended up happening as far as we were made to understand is when my great-grandfather came to Jamaica, immigration right. couldn't understand him because he only spoke Arabic. And they okay. thought he said Azan. And that's oh. how we got the last name Azan. So oh. Azan is even uniquely Jamaican in its context. Wow. That's some, that's some very deep history. I actually didn't <laughs> know that. Most people don't. Right. <laughs> some very exclusive information. Now, you know, as growing up, how, I'd love to know what spurred you to get into martial arts. You know, martial arts, especially karate, mm-hmm. it requires discipline, mm-hmm. right? Mastery mm-hmm. of this art, because you are a third degree Shakotan um, black belt that yes. does require a lot of discipline. Does this discipline transubstantiate into your lifestyle? Ah. Uh. Well, my martial arts journey is an interesting one. Uh, I think I got introduced to it, one, back when I was a kid, literally every show or cartoon on TV had hand-to-hand combat in one way, shape, or form. If it wasn't the Power Rangers, it was Batman, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was G.I. Joe. It was all about hand-to-hand combat. Um, In fact, there was a cartoon... You know, you had all of your animal cartoons, your Tom and Jerry, your Bugs Bunny, but there was actually a cartoon called, um, what is it, Hong Kong Fui, which was about the dog that did Kung Fu. But the point um, is, it, it I think literally... I think, I think I know what you're talking about. You're right. So it yeah. surrounded my childhood, and I think my parents were like, okay, this is a thing. There's some classes, and they put me into it. And right. truthfully, I just fell in love with fighting. Right. Um, be winning, losing, it didn't matter to me as long as I was fighting. Was it a form of expression for you? Not at the time, not at the time. It has grown into a form of expression. The more I've learned about the different arts, martial arts in general, and then right. began really pursuing my walk as a martial artist, that's right. when my personal transformation began. And it's okay. more than discipline. I think it definitely helped me as a kid in discipline, because being able right. to like, you know, you mess up in class, you're sitting in the corner for 10, 15 minutes. And if you talk, that means push-ups. And if you yeah. don't <laughs> push-ups, that means fighting the instructor. Like you, you didn't step right. out the line. And right. I definitely rolled over into my lifestyle as a kid. But what it's right. done for me as an adult is that it has opened my mind immensely to Eastern philosophy, to self-development, self-polishing, and then even how I teach a lot of self-development, personal development, even my whole way of looking at the world has been radically influenced by the martial arts. Um, And we could, you could have a whole one hour episode on me and martial arts in terms of what it means to me and mindset right. well, I'll, I'll say this to anybody is that for me martial arts is one of the few if not the only physical mental emotional expression and strain all at once yeah. you know you, you can go to the gym right. and you can go under some serious weight and you can get pumped up and pumped up and then, ah you lift that weight but in martial arts every attack should possess emotion. Every attack, while possessing emotion, should possess calmness of mind, alertness of area. It should be finishing one opponent and dealing with another one. 
And ultimately, right. you develop these techniques to never have to use them. So it's almost okay. contradictory in its own development. Right, right, right. So uh, only so if necessary. Only if necessary. Um, it's summed up in this way where there's a, a parable of, of a teacher and a student walking in a garden. And the student says to the teacher, Master, you always teach, you always speak of peace, but you train for war. How do you balance the two? And he says, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah, right, 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 right. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to develop yourself to be that warrior, but then you're trying to always make sure you're in the garden. Now, um, as it relates to who Jeffrey Azan is as a person, mm -hmm. I know that you're a part of, or you're involved in Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. Now, what led you to, or what sparked the interest in motivational speaking and, and therefore pushed you in that direction? What sparked that? When I graduated from university, like many university graduates, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Right. <laughs> same. same. <laughs> I feel like a lot of university students. <laughs> Yeah. And what ended up happening is I made an agreement with a mentor of mine. They said, hey, go and help your mom. She's in the store. She's been sacrificing so you can go to university. You go work in the store and give your, I have a younger brother and younger sister, going into the store that will help her take the pressure off so that they can go to school and have a semi-normal experience. I said, okay. And I went in the store and I'd, I'd always known retail wasn't for me. I'd been in it from as about nine years old. From as nine, I never right. knew Christmas. I never knew summer. You yeah. worked. That's what you did. And I got to this place where I was just frustrated. And what ended up happening, uh, without going into all the details, a series of conversations and meetings began happening almost serendipitously. Right. I began, once I asked the universe, what am I here to do and why am I here to do it? It began putting people into my life and events into my life that right. led me on this path. And eventually what ended up happening is I got a mentor who said to me after years of working together, Jeffrey, you know, no matter what business you're in, no matter what project you're doing, you always motivating people, you're always teaching them, you're always training them why don't you be a motivational speaker? Right. Now, the joke of that story is that at this point, I might have been about 25. I traveled the world, had a university degree, worked in multiple industries, had many mentors, had an expansive network. And yet at 25 years old, I had never heard of the career motivational speaking. At uh, 25? Never heard of it. I never knew it existed. The only motivational speakers I had any idea about were pastors. And I had a whole issue with the church and the formality of church at the time. Still have a major issue with the, with the politics of church. Um, right. So I was like, eh, anybody, I remember him saying, Jeffrey, you know, you should think about this thing. And my immediate response to him was, but everybody can chat. Right. Even then I didn't fully buy into the concept he was putting me on. Right, right. And he introduced me to some speakers. I started watching their YouTube videos. And in no time, I was in love with it. I was in love with motivational speaking. I could see myself on the stage doing it. 
I knew I had the messages to do it. I knew I could deliver it. And so I chose to be a motivational speaker first. And right. then in studying other speakers, I, I realized, okay, I'm going to need some training. I'm going to need some guidance. I'm going to need to be a part of some organizations that encourage public speaking. And that's how I came across Toastmasters and ended right. up joining Toastmasters for that guidance into right. what is the science of speaking? How do you take a stage? How do you interact with the audience? And it became a training ground and still is. I still use Toastmasters if I have a new concept or a new story or a new lesson I want to teach. I will do a presentation in Toastmasters first to see how that audience reacts to it. All right. So, you know, as a motivator, your chief job is to motivate, right? As the name suggests. So, or is it not? I'm stick up in, stick up in, stick up. I'm going to stop you right there before you go any further. Okay, explain it to me because I'm, I'm unclear as it relates to the what exact, is, what is a motivator? Got you, got you. Okay, so here's my thing. Motivation, especially as a motivator and a motivational speaker, is typically a transfer of energy. Nothing else, nothing more. It's me getting on stage and appealing to you at a particular level and right. sharing a certain level of energy thought, perspective with you to try and right. stir your energy. I started as a, as a motivator and in life, it opened my eyes that that's not what I want to do and I try not to do that. Motivation is a byproduct of what I try right. to do. Okay, okay. And I say it this way because, and I tell anybody I coach this, you can motivate a monkey. Right. But, but it's much harder to transform a monkey. Right, right, and right. And right. that's what I hope to do when I take a stage. I'm not trying to motivate people because, as I said, I don't need an excited monkey. What I need is I need transformation. I need a change in mindset, a change in attitude, a change in perspective, a change in belief. So, are you an, so would you classify that as an educator then instead of a motivator? That's, that is more in line what I, would, what, I, what I tell people I am, depending on what circle I'm in. If I'm, at, if I'm with somebody and they ask, what are you? And I tell them, oh, I'm a professional development coach. That's the official title, a professional development right. coach. And they look at right. me like, huh, what's that? I say, I'm a teacher and I teach adults. Right. Simply cool. Yeah. Right. So, so as a development, as a professional development coach, mm -hmm. as you said, one of your byproducts is to motivate an individual, to transform an individual. So mm -hmm. I would like to know, motivation is great, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that, you know, within the first two days, you're going to feel all giddy about mm -hmm. what you've just listened to. And then two days later, you forget about it, right? Mm -hmm. So where does motivation end and execution end? Truthfully, motivation should be the key of execution. When you're in that right. session and you have that massive emotional charge, it's in that moment right. that you need to execute. Tony Robbins says it best. He says, when you are motivated and have the energy to take action, in that moment, you must take massive, irreversible action. So right. even when the motivation dies out, Things are in process that you can't take back. 
Right, so if right. you want to start a program, argument's sake, you want to get into a, a certification program, and right. you're back and forth and you're not sure. And you come to one of my presentations and I tell you something like, information changes the situation. Having a mindset is the key to unlocking your future. Step right. into all your greatness. Don't hold back. What have you been putting? And you just feel like, yo, you're talking straight to me. Yeah, because... <laughs> Because of the energy. Right. I would, I would that way as well. Nice. And then what, what, so what I would encourage you to do is in that moment, if that is your particular situation, go pay for the course. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take it back once you pay for it. Facts, facts, facts. So you said, Jano, I don't know where I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know one thing. Once you pay for it, you're going to do your best to finish it. That is true. That is true because it's a personal sacrifice. You're more willing to finish it once you've paid for it, right. right? So, you know, in addition to your very prolific speaking career, you've been a franchise owner of Organic Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been uh, a consultant on the brand of Profit and also on the board of Azanja Family Company. Mm-hmm. Now you have a wealth, ex- wealth of experience in your, short, in your 30 short years that you've been around because I mm-hmm. think you're, you have a lot more to give. Right? What Just can we expect? What can we expect from Jeffrey Azan in the next 30 years? The next 30? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, here's what. This is, I'll, I'll put it this way. This is the vision, the purpose. This is everything about the company and what I'm doing. Right. I want to create so much value through motivation and personal development training. Right. That the world, the global perspective of Jamaica changes. Right, right. right. That's, that, that's, that's, that's the goal, is that right. if Jamaica, just how we do Sumfest and the world goes, oh, it's the reggae conference, and the reggae concert, and if you want it, you have to come to Reggae Sumfest in Jamaica because Jamaica and reggae are synonymous. I want personal development and growth to have that same synonymous feeling Jamaica. Right. So in Jamaica, say we are doing a motivation or personal development conference. You don't even need to know who's speaking. You just need to know it's happening in Jamaica. And you say, right. I need to be at Everybody Right, 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 right. I agree with that. I agree with that. So as it relates to your business, Select and Start. Now, I, I was introduced to it the other day, right? Mm. Now, what exactly is it that Select and Start is your median to achieve mm-hmm. your goal, the goal that you just highlighted? Is it the median to achieve that goal? It is. It's a vehicle. Um, it's an all-encompassing vehicle because the reality is I can't do it on my own. I am in the business of training other speakers with my programs. Um, or I, I put it to you this way. When I started and I looked into the industry, I noticed everybody was the speaker name. It was TonyRobbins.com. It was Les Brown Speaks. It was Zig Ziglar's program. And their motivation, their lessons were tied to the individual. And the first thing I immediately recognized is that that can't be what I'm about. Because if I drop dead tomorrow, I need what I've done to go on. So if it was all about Jeffrey Azan Speaks, then that means when Jeffrey Azan dies, the vision, the dream, the desire dies with Jeffrey. Right. Right, right, right. And so I created Select and Start more 
to house the ideal and the dream. And in housing the ideal and the dream, it becomes a vehicle. And so anybody can join Select and Start if they are trying to achieve what we're trying to achieve. Anybody can come to it and say, I have a value proposition to partner, to work with, to supply, if right. they believe what I believe. And for that, if tomorrow morning I lost the ability to speak and I could never take a stage again, still Select and Start can go on to pursue the mission. Right, right. So if, for instance, I have the ambition of becoming a, a motivational speaker, right? Mm -hmm. And But I'm, I'm a bit on a young side and I'm a, I'm a bit inexperienced. Is it mm -hmm. that Select and Start performs a task like Toastmaster, unlocking that motivational potential within that person? Is it well, that kind of organization? Where, well, what I would do, say for example, you came to me and you said, Jeffrey, I want to speak. I right. would first ask you what kind of speaking experience you have, and assuming you have none, no real taking of the stage, you know. Uh, well, where we would take it from there is I would spend more time trying to figure out why do you want to speak and what do you want to speak about before right. ever getting into the skills of speaking. Because right. even in Toastmasters, which is focused on speech development and leadership development, anybody who comes to me specifically and says, Jeffrey, I want you to mentor me in Toastmasters, I want your guidance, it's the same question. Why do you want to speak? You know, people come and, oh, it's a great career opportunity, oh, it's a wonderful industry, people get paid a lot of money, I think I have a lot to say. And I kind of just laugh at them, to be honest. Because right. it, it took me a hundred, it took me a little over a hundred free presentations before I got paid for my first one. One hundred free presentations. Yeah. You know, it took me three years to write my first book. Um, it took me self, seven self, years to... Huh? Self-discussions. Self-discussions, right? It took me seven years to finally develop my full development program. So if you right. just think that you're going to get up and speak because you have some trauma in your life, that, oh, I have trauma, I can tell people about my trauma, yeah. you're really not ready for the business of speaking. But what right. I would do is we would spend right. time really digging down into that trauma to identify what aspects of your trauma can you use as teaching tools to help right. people transform, to help people unlock to help people get over that similar trauma. Then once we figure all of that out, then we'll go into the business of actually teaching you how to share that on a stage. That's, that, is, that is actually an excellent plan. Now, I was looking at some of your accomplishments over the years. You know, business owner, franchisee, board member, you won in 2017 the Caribbean Speaking Championship, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was looking at all of those things and I was saying, you know, as a budding speaker, budding entrepreneur, budding businessman, you know, what was one limiting belief that you had to break through to progress? That I couldn't do it. That, that's, I think that's the number one disbelief everybody has is that right. they can't do it. It's, it's, it's bigger than them. They're not qualified enough. I think for me, the very, very specific thought I had was... I, I wanted to be me and I was afraid that being me, I couldn't do it. 
that I would have to transform. Right. You have to be, okay. Okay. Yeah. I would have to become what the industry expects. I'd have to become what the people demanded. Right. I would, I would have to become, I would have to choose either I was right. going to become prim and proper and wear a suit all the time and be right, that right. speaker <laughs> and proper English. And, oh, right. Or right. I was going to be a social speaker who just went out and I only did with social clubs and nonprofit and, and it took me a while to get to the place to realize, no, I can speak to corporate and I can teach corporate and I can power up corporate and I can motivate corporate. And at the right. same time, I can reason with a 10-year-old and make them right. know that what they've gone through is not everything they'll go through, that they have the potential and they have the capability. Re realizing that I could be both people and that I could achieve what I wanted to achieve while being that person. That was probably the toughest thing I had to truly accept in my life. What um, to ask you as well, Mr. Azan. Sure. Sorry for putting, no, uh, no. As it relates to Toastmasters, um, I was doing some research on you as an individual, and you believe like in the importance of having a circle and surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What would you say to young persons that um, are trying to build their circle, but like they're not sure as how to go about doing that. Like what, how they ass assess persons or um, decide who would be fit here or them. So there's a very interesting concept that I've come to recognize, which I really just call walking your path. Mm -hmm. And walking your path is you getting very clear about what it is you're trying to achieve, how you're going to try to achieve it, what are the guiding principles leading you there, what is your routine based on the path that you're walking, and hold that. And what I've found is that when you do that, the people who are on the same path yeah. begin to come into your life. Right. right. That, a lot of young people, they're, they're looking, and this is not a bad thing. You know, sometimes people feel like I'm bashing, but it, it, it's just the truth. A lot of young people are looking for, how can I get there? What's the shortcut? What's the, the easy access? Who can open the most doors for me? And so you spend a lot of your time looking for opportunity. And there's nothing wrong with looking for opportunity. But the problem is, is when you don't know who you are, everything looks like an opportunity right it's a vital point so you, yeah. you, believe, you believe in the law of attraction then oh for sure for sure for sure um because even when i started saying i need a business partner i need somebody to open the doors i need somebody came you know a great opportunity came yeah. and when i met with them they said oh if you're going to run with me you're going to have to shelf select and start you're not going to have any time for it because you're going to be so busy running with me. Yeah. And I kind of went, wow. <laughs> and I really had to sit and grapple with myself because I said, Jeff, you've been asking for a running partner. You've been asking for somebody who can open the doors. You've been asking for opportunity. It's here now, but it's going to require this sacrifice. Is this sacrifice worth this opportunity? Right. Mm -hmm. And I took a step back, and this is kind of when I recognized the whole power of walking the path, is I know that what I want is, is 
not just impact, but I want to help. I want, it really is a social service is what I'm offering. Even when I go into companies and I'm helping companies to make more money, I'm helping them make more money by helping the people be better people. And I recognize that this running partner that was proposing the opportunity, he was just about the dollars. He could right. not care less whether you got it, whether you didn't get it. What he was focused on was getting presentations, locking in contracts, and getting paid. Right. And, it was right. and it was that small difference. It really is only a small difference. I planned on getting paid as well. It was right. a small difference in what our end goals were that made me go, hmm, no, this That's one isn't right. the right opportunity. Not for you. And I share this with you. They had an event, that same person had an event that they could have put me on the stage and they right. didn't put me on the stage. Right. And I sat in the audience at the event and I simply said to myself, I'm going to have a presentation in this same room and I'm going to have it packed and I'm not going to share the stage with anybody. I am going to be the speaker. And I right. kid you not, one year to the day I was That's on that I stage. And the bigger joke, I didn't even know I was going on the stage. You didn't know? So I happened? didn't know. They called me to the venue and the venue has multiple rooms. And right. I thought I was going in one of the rooms. I had gone there maybe six times since that day, presenting in all the other smaller rooms. And they, they begin leading me. They, they go through this back door and go through this green room. And I was like, wait, hold on. I know where this is leading me. This can't be real. And the next thing I knew, I was walking out on the stage, looking at a room of maybe 1,200 people. And I was the keynote speaker. Right. So um, in wrapping up, right, um, there are a lot of young entrepreneurs, hardworking individuals right now who are going to be tuning in to this podcast, to this video, whichever platform they they think is necessary for them to watch this on, right? right? And they will need a bit of motivation, right? Mm -hmm. Toastmasters uh, is, is, is really infamous for their impromptu motivational speeches, right? So <laughs> why don't you give us, why don't you give us a, a one minute, one minute, two minute impromptu for all those hardworking individuals watching or listening to this podcast right now? Okay. To my future entrepreneurs, my future world changers, my future game changers, I share this with you. There are two things that I want you to always remember and two things I want you to apply seriously to your life. And that is the power of a word and the power of a small change. I am currently in the business of professional development, coaching, motivational speaking, being an author and teaching and sharing because of a conversation I had in a cafe back in 2013 when I did not believe in myself. And it was simply someone saying to me, I think you should be a speaker. It, that one sentence, that phrase has created a business, has created a program, has published books, has built organizations. It has put me in the realm of working with people like Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's put me in work with Chris Sacker for Sagicor. It's introduced me to Scotia, Jamaica Broilers, Grace, 
Kathy Goodall, Naomi Garrick, Alvin Day. These are people and organizations whose numbers I have in my phone because of a conversation in a cafe where somebody recognized the very small potential I had of the ability to speak. Right. Just to speak. And I want you to recognize just a few words can have that power. And the other thing about it is you need to make a very small shift. You're never going to get where you want to go if the path you're on isn't taking you there. But just a few degrees of difference can make all the change. If I was to give you a penny today, a penny in a perfect investment that doubled every day, that penny would become five million, over five million dollars in only 30 days. Compound interest. Simple change. If I was to make you fold a piece of paper, forget the physics that a paper can only fold in half eight times. If we could get a piece of paper that could fold in half, it would take 52 folds to reach the moon. It is a small change and a consistent effort that will take you wherever you want to go. And take it from a guy, I've been broke, I've been heartbroken, I've been lost, I've been robbed, I've been on the wrong side of the track, lost my father as a youth, fell out with my mother, had no relation with my siblings, family labeled me the black sheep, didn't know what I was doing in university, have lost more money than I've made, and yet I'm here and I'm still going, I'm still going after it, I'm still making an impact, I'm still making a difference because of a small change and a small conversation. Never discount what you have, never discount what you're about because it only takes a little bit, it only takes a couple words, a little bit of action and a little decision. And really, you have the power to always select and start. Uh, your life. I love that. That was, that was absolutely incredible, Jeffrey. Um, Mr. Azan, again, I would love to thank you on behalf of the Hustle of JA team and the Million Dollar Convos podcast, taking the time out to come and speak to us about motivation, execution, right? About life. You understand? I will be beneficial at scale to a lot of youth right now listening and you know, I hope to be hearing a lot more from you. Um, many books, because, you know, as I said, um, I'm a big fan. Thank you, thank you. So thank you very much for speaking to us. All right. And take care. Have a good day. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank take you very care, much. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Have a good one.